The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Well, hello. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. It's Judy Foodie. I'm here with Lynn Olzawi Wowie Dowie Howie. Hi, Lynn. <laughs> That's a new one. Hi, Julie. Hey, would you like to tell the dope village where you are right now? Yes. North Carolina. I am not in my home of California. Mm-hmm. I got on a plane and I flew. How about that? Your first trip for work since March. Seven months. Seven months. I'm here in, well, I was going to say Raleigh-Durham, but uh, Cary, to be more specific, North Carolina, for the ACC tournament. I'm calling some games live and in person, not off a monitor in my home office. Wow. It's very nice, actually. It's going to be fun. How does it feel? Uh, it feels freeing hmm. to be outside of your house. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit that. <laughs> Like, I'm like, see you, kids. I'm out of here. <laughs> Love ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, it's good. We'll see. We haven't called the game yet. We called two tonight, so it'll be interesting. All right. Shall we get to our guest? Yes, let's do it. Our guest is Clarissa Shields, who is a proud native of Flint, Michigan, and a two-time Olympic gold medalist in boxing. Women's boxing actually premiered at the 2012 London Games, and Clarissa won gold in London. She then followed up with another gold at the 2016 Rio Games, making her the first American boxer, male or female, to win back-to-back Olympic gold medals. And then after the 2016 Olympics, Clarissa turned pro and became the fastest fighter, again, male or female, to win world titles and three weight divisions. Not only is Clarissa a fantastic boxer, she has this incredible backstory as well, which we will discuss, and I am thrilled to see her still rocking it at only 25 years old. Her career is just getting started. Last but not least, we had another laughter permitted first. Clarissa did this interview from her car and had a super clever noisemaker for the Lynn game. So get comfortable listening. It's Clarissa Shields. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives and truly We've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. 
And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. The first thing we always do with the podcast is we have the guests set the scene, which this will be a good one. So can you set the scene where you are, what you're doing, where you're at, and all those things? Yes, I am Clarissa Shields. I, I'm in Flint, Michigan right now. I am at this gym called At Fitness is where I've been training at since the quarantine. And I'm just sitting out here in the parking lot. You're back home. I didn't know you were back home. Yeah, I was living in Florida for two and a half years and I got kind of homesick and I was like, yeah, I miss my family and my friends. And Florida was like, I'm not going to say it was too expensive, but to go to the club cost $100. <laughs> I'll pass. She really knows what that's like. She's always going to the club. <laughs> uh, you know what, too? Florida is super stanky in the summertime like sticky stanky do you get that way i we used to train there in the summertime and it was so humid i was like oh hell no i cannot do this anymore i would prefer humid heat over um dry heat anyway so <laughs> you would oh yeah it, you it helps me sweat and stay down in weight and it's like the dry heat just makes me be like kind of dry and like so Oh, see this kid, I get in that humidity and it's like, I'm like the Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. I can't do it. I don't know. Okay. Um, only thing that happens to me is my hair lifts up. You know, <laughs> one, one, once you get hot and sweaty, the hair just start lifting. And the flat iron current turns to an afro quicker than what people think. Oh, sister, why do you think I have a hat on? I got, I got so much hair right here. Oh, it's out of control. Um, all right. So what we were thinking, Clara, so we couldn't figure out where to start with you because your story is so rich. Um, and we figured to tell the whole story, we need you actually to set the scene of your childhood. Really to me, I think my childhood started when I was 11. That's when I started boxing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was staying with my mom at the time. I had just moved back in with my grandma. Mm -hmm. So I was living with my mom now and staying with her. I was back around my sisters and my brothers and I couldn't talk that well yet. I still stuttered. I think 11, I mean, I think at the age of 11 is when I was in just getting into fifth grade. I would get into a few uh, school fights. <laughs> and then um, I turned 12. My dad signed me up for boxing. I just was like an angry kid. I can say that <laughs> boxing kind of just came and saved my life. I mean, I was I was mad about a lot of things, not just that I was sexually abused, but I was hungry all the time. My mom was abusing my mom was abusing alcohol. Um, you know, I was getting bullied at school. All types of things made me angry as a kid, which really 
uh, helped me to yeah. channel that anger in the ring, which made me such a ferocious fighter as a as a young girl. And it seems like boxing came into your life right when you needed it. Agreed, agreed. Boxing did. I, I always knew I would be successful at something. I just didn't know what. Um, before boxing, I wanted to be a singer like Aaliyah, but um, <laughs> that's my dream I, still. <laughs> but after I, I used to sing to you know help express myself or you know I don't know like to kind of be like a stress reliever. But now when I found boxing, it was like boxing was such a bigger and better stress reliever for me that I just stopped singing. I still sing sometimes, but I'm not like. Um, I'm not Alicia Keys or nothing. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get you singing today, then for sure. You can you can bet on that. If I if I sing to you guys, then I won't be able to be on a mass singer. I need to be on a mass singer. So <laughs> if I sing to you guys, they're gonna know it's my music, my voice. So I this could be your it. audition, Clarissa. <laughs> what was it about when you first started boxing that you knew that it was an immediate fit? What felt right? Um, it just wasn't a judgy place to be. I had played basketball, I had ran track, I had played volleyball or, you know, played some other sports as a, as a kid. And I always seen that how the other girls would look at me when I worked hard or when I sweat, they'd be like, ugh, you're sweating, yuck. And they were, I'm just like, when you work hard, you sweat. You know, I kind of knew that at a young age. And um, the other girls were just like, oh, I don't want to run that hard. I don't want to sweat that much. I don't want to mess up my hair. And I just was like, I just want to win, you know? So when I got to the boxing gym, it was all boys. I was the only girl. And I worked just as hard as them. And um, the boxing coach never said, oh, girls don't work that hard. Or girls don't punch that fast. He always just said, good. She doing better than the boys. Good. She's keeping up with them, you know? And I'm more got... I more got praised for it. And when I seen two guys sparring in the ring, which is boxing against each other with the head and gloves on, my first thought was, man, I cannot wait to do that. So that's kind of how I knew it was like an immediate fit for me. How did dad take it? Was he supportive of it? My dad's my biggest supporter now, but he wasn't my biggest supporter at the beginning. <laughs> my dad has always told me from the age of 11, when I asked him, could he sign me up for boxing? He always, his answer was, hell no. Boxing is a man's sport and you too pretty to box. My my dad was in prison from the ages, from when I was two years old till nine. So in those two years that he did know me, you know, he didn't know, he just knew I was his crybaby. I'm super sensitive and emotional. How did you convince him to, to sign you up? Because you had to get a signature, right? Yeah, I didn't convince him. He decided to come up with this idea and have like a, little kid intervention and I came over his house and it was him his wife her four kids and um, they all voted on if I should box or not he voted <laughs> no and everybody else <laughs> voted yes so that's kind of how I started <laughs> you had all the kids that's fantastic five to one he got outvoted huh yeah, and he said, when I pay the $65, I don't care what happens. You can't quit for the year because it was $65 <laughs> a year to box. And I was just like, okay. And now here we are 14 years later. <laughs> 14 years later, two Olympic golds later, three world championships later. I mean, goodness gracious. It's three divisions. Three oh, divisions three. and nine and nine world championships. Oh, 
get wait say that again three divisions nine world championships later damn damn sister that's impressive thank you let's fast forward to your first olympics because i find it fascinating i was listening to you talk about this recently that you were you thought you were going to be too young to compete in your first olympics right you end up getting the okay to compete at 17 years old you go and win the gold at 17 years old and you thought it was going to transform the sport. And I had a similar experience in soccer, Clarissa. I used to play a long time ago. We won a world cup in soccer and I thought the first ever women's world cup. And I thought, oh my gosh, people in this country are going to finally love women's soccer. We're going to come home. It was in China. They're going to go crazy. There were literally two people who greeted us when we landed at the airport and one was our bus driver and the other was like our ops guy. And no one cared, right? And I've heard you talk about the the interesting experience of coming off that Olympics. What was your reaction like? Well, I got the celebration, you know? Everybody met me at the airport, bells ringing, people screaming, mics always in my face, you know, for the first three to six months. And my life was different after, like, I had money, I was able to buy a bed, you know, I was popular in school, stuff like that. Everybody knew who I was. Yeah. But as far as in how I thought my life would change, it didn't change. Like I thought I would get like the million dollar Nike or Under Armour deal <laughs> to be the best, you know, to be the athlete on the covers or whatever. I thought I'd be on magazine covers and and I didn't get my first endorsement until I was, I don't know, 19, 20. <laughs> Can I go back to one thing? You said that when you got back from the Olympics, you bought a bed. Had you not had a bed prior to the Olympics? Yeah, I didn't I didn't have a bed uh, before the Olympics. I didn't get my bed till after I won the Olympics. I was 17. Mm-hmm. I bought it myself. But staying with my mom, you know, like I said, we was hungry all the time. Um, you know, it just wasn't regular living conditions, you know. So I just, I just kind of, adjusted to it and did what I had to do till I so I knew I could do something better for myself and and for my family but yeah that's the first time I actually had got a bed though when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And you paid for it. Yeah of course. Mm -hmm. You go on to your second Olympics and this time there's no question mark that you were going to win another gold it seemed like Uh, and you become the first American male or female to win two Olympic gold medals, right? Did it hit you at that moment, like what you had done? It didn't hit me that I had, that I was a two-time Olympic gold medalist to like, I don't know, two years later. Oh, right. <laughs> like, 20, like, I don't know. It was like, it was like, I know I got, I got like the historical video where like, I'm like, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. But I don't recall that video ever happening. Oh, really? <laughs> You're like, was that me? <laughs> yeah, so I look at the video and I'm like, wow. It was like the little girl in me was so happy. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I never cried over winning my second Olympic gold medal until 2018. I don't know what I was doing, <laughs> but it was like I cried over both. It wasn't just I never I never cried over 2012 Olympic gold medal until 2018 also. At the same time for 2016, it was like both of those emotions came over me all at once. And I was like, what oh triggered God. that? I can't really remember. I just remember 
people always praise me for it and I'd be like oh yeah you know but I like to do something and move on to the next thing yeah you know so I never like dwelled on like yeah I'm a 2012 Olympic gold medalist yeah I'm a 2016 Olympic gold medalist now <laughs> yeah I'm a world champion like it's like I like I complete something and move right on because yeah. if you stay like you know giving yourself so many praises over like oh I'm gonna praise myself for this and that sometimes you get caught up on whatever that was and it makes it hard to look forward. And I'm always like, I'm 25. I got to keep looking forward. Yeah, you you, you are so driven. W- what is that? Where's that? Give me some of that. I mean, I, I, it's just something deep down inside of me. I know that hard work gets you what you want. And um, something I believe in is I don't care to please other people. I Like, I care about self-satisfaction. The gold medal was the goal for me. Like, I put in all the, all the hard work for the gold medal to know that I'm going back into the Olympics again and I'm the favorite now and it's just people I want to beat up. I got girls who are on my hit list, you know, stuff like that. It just was like, <laughs> I like, like I couldn't even sleep sometime. Like I remember the night before the 2016 Olympic final. I just remember like being up at night, just looking at the ceiling. Like I cannot wait. I <laughs> like, you know, some people are nervous, like, oh my God, the time is finally here. I'm like, I cannot wait to fight. I was like that against Norway. Bring on them bitches. Let's go. <laughs> when you said hit list, I immediately thought, I never want to be in Clarissa Shields' hit list. <laughs> so when you were in bed, are you thinking like, you just, like, can you feel it in your body? Like, I just cannot wait to unleash this tomorrow. So, Michaela Mayer will tell you this story. If you guys, she fights for a world title October 31st on ESPN against Ewa Bronica at Lightweight. And she was my roommate. And she would tell you that I get so anxious at nighttime, the night before my fights, that mm-hmm. I get up and I start shadow boxing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care who's there. I don't care what I have on. This particular time, I was shadow boxing naked. <laughs> Yes. So I'm throwing punches in the room, right? You know, <laughs> you know, get my stuff up. And Michaela, you know, she looks up and she's like, she tells everybody she's seen the moon. That's what she tells everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and the moon is my butt, basically. And they're like, I just seen this. I just seen this. She like, I just seen this figure, you know. And I knew it was Clarissa just throwing punches naked and she was like I wanted to tell her to stop because it was late but it was our first time being roommates I never used to have a roommate ever so she, she was like you didn't want to start me so she watched and she said she uh. watched in awe that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> she watched the full moon in front of her oh that's good yeah. oh that's a good one that's good stuff well, this could lead into, you call yourself the quote? G-W-O-A-T, yes, ma'am. Go, whoa. We love, we absolutely love. Can you tell us where that came from and what it means to you to be the quote? Um, the quote really comes from accomplishing something that no other boxer in history has accomplished. Um, I would call myself the GOAT, you know, the greatest of all time, but Muhammad Ali made that up. And in my heart and in my spirit, he'll always be number one. No, it doesn't matter where boxing goes, 
you know, Floyd Mayweather is 50 and 0 with all those knockouts and stuff. But it was like, to me, the greatest boxer was Muhammad Ali. So I never wanted to call myself the GOAT. That's why I threw the W in there. You know, so I'll so I'll take second place to Muhammad Ali, but not second place to nobody else. Well, you, you I, we love it. And and uh, and the thing I always find so fascinating is the pushback you get sometimes on social media, right? On, oh, mm-hmm. she's outspoken. She's too outspoken. They're haters. I've blocked over a thousand people on, you know, Instagram, 2000 on Twitter. You know, people harass me all the time <laughs> just because I'm like, they're like, oh, you think you're so strong, but I don't even box and I'll do this and I'll do that. Like, it's actually been a couple guys who I've told, like, look, if you come to my gym, I'll fuck you up. You know, <laughs> not only am I outspoken, but I'm I'm outspoken with accomplishments. I got the paperwork. Mm-hmm. You know, what's on paper is solid. So when when I talk trash, it's not more of talk trash. It's like these are facts. And when you hit people with the hard facts, they kind of get upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got papers to back it up. Like, yo, you just need to walk around dangling those gold medals and be like, yo, look at this. Gold medals. I got belts. Belts. Yeah. If a guy calls me out for a boxing match, it is my job, being a boxer, a world champion, to respond to that male. If a female does it, same thing. It doesn't matter who it is. It can be Layla Ali. My job is to is to respond as a as a world champion and accept all our challenges. That's my job. Is that gets exhausting though? Like on Twitter, when I do that occasionally, right? It's like, oh, I don't have the energy for that. I'm not gonna fight all of you crazies because there's 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 a considerable amount of crazies who will tell there's you. I mean, yeah, like. Get back in that kitchen. It's like, oh, come on. I'm so I get that bored one all by the time. you. Yeah. I get, get back in the kitchen. And yeah. then I get, even though you fight like a man, you're still a silly woman. Or I get, um, I can't tell you to get back in the kitchen because you don't know how to cook because you're a boxer. Like, I get so much stuff. And I, I get that I'm, um, that I'm stupid because I'm black and I box because I get hit in the head a lot. I get a lot of shit. And it's like, at some point, up at first, when you trying to argue back and forth, people, it does get tiring. But now, I just laugh. Some of the stuff really makes me laugh. Like, it tickles me. <laughs> like, it does. It'd be like, what is wrong with people? Like, I feel like people now, when people say stuff to me, I just say, you must be very miserable to, yeah, you know, because when you talk about people, you talk about how you feel about yourself. Yeah. So when you call somebody ugly or say get back in the kitchen or say you're not good enough that's how you feel about yourself when you come to especially hard-working athlete you know you talk about people like that and um I feel like some people are just miserable and I actually said I said I set aside time to pray for those people just be like you know what God I hope that you bring some happiness into that person's life so they can leave me the hell alone put me on your prayer list too please Clarissa thank you <laughs> for sure I'd like to be on that list. I'd, I'd like the prayer <laughs> list, maybe not the hit list. Not the hit list. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's make the prayer list. I want to stay off that hit list. We do a, a game 
on this podcast and um, Lynn comes up with the game and it gets a little intense. So I want you to be prepared for my competitive nature. Um, and because I like to win, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I want to be the quote in the Lynn game. I think I can be the Lynn game quote actually this season, because in the past three seasons of her podcast, I have not been nearly to the top of the list. Okay. Uh, so this is my chance for redemption. So look okay. the hell out. So I'm on your hit list. Okay. I got you. <laughs> You're on my hit list. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, I know your squeaky toy is going to be you just buzzing in however you want to. Uh, mine, because I have a problem with donuts, is <laughs> I'm gonna use my horn actually. Oh, there you oh, in your That's car. That's a great idea. <laughs> Fantastic. Adjust and adapt. Adjust and adapt. That's from a, a previous podcast we did when, when life kind of throws you something, you just adjust and adapt. So adjust I love it. I'm gonna use the car horn. It's been my whole life. <laughs> right <laughs> let me explain the game a little bit julie was very excited about the game but here are the here are the rules behind the game there are five questions to this game and the first of three correct wins the theme of this today's trivia game is all day with beyonce oh another quote yes all these questions are about Beyonce, and it's in honor of Clarissa, you using Run the World as your w ring walk song earlier this year before you won a pair of vacant junior middleweight world title belts, if I got that correct. Yeah, and I became the fastest boxer to become a three-time division world champion in history that day, so, yep. Boom, I've only got that to compete against today. That's it. Nine belts, two golds. Here we go. Question one. What <laughs> is Beyonce's middle name? Is it A, Giselle, B, Destiny, or C, Donna? <laughs> the horn is the best. <laughs> Giselle? Correct. Wow. That's one. <laughs> Come on. Damn. <laughs> Let's go, Lynn. I'm going to beat that horn. Question two. What is the name of Beyonce's first solo album? Is it A, Dangerously in Love, B, Homecoming, or C, Lemonade? Dangerously in Love. Correct. Oh, I know. God! I am dead to the This world. is Beyonce we're talking about. Come on! Oh, shoot. Okay, I, gotta, I haven't even squeaked yet. I am not, this happened to me with Jackie Joyner Kersey. I didn't squeak in once. <laughs> I'm not going to let that happen again. Give me number three, Lynn. Number three, where was Beyonce born? A, Denver. Houston, Texas. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even squeak twice. This has happened to me. <laughs> You just got knocked out, Bowdy. Oh, that was a K.O. I'm the quote in this game now. Quote. <laughs> Damn it. Well, one, I knew I win this challenge when she said Beyonce. I'll tell you that right now. So did Lynn. She does that on purpose. You know, Beyonce is my girl. I love her. I thought because you'd seen her in concert, Julie, that you had a fighting chance. Ah, uh, shit. 
shoot. You've been to I a had... concert that I have not been able to get to. Yeah, she's amazing. My Beyonce story is I was in Florida. I had floor tickets. We drove down there, but we were we and we went early. We were sitting there almost an hour and a half just in traffic in the same spot. Oh, and the concert mm. has started. Oh. So after an hour and 30 minutes, we're like, you know what? We haven't moved. We don't know what's going on. We went back home, but I was devastated. But what was the last two questions, Lynn? Oh, yeah. You want to win it five to zero. She wants to go. No, no I just want to know if I can get them right. This is like round two. Okay, go. Okay. I'm going to win this one. Who is Beyonce's husband? Is oh, it Lord. A? Yeah, I didn't even J- want to beat her on that one. Jay-Z. Oh, Jay-Z. Yeah. Jay-Z. I okay. got this one. Right. I got one. I got one? one. Yes, baby. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think Jay, no. did you hear it? I could have beat you to the thing, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let her get one. <laughs> you felt bad for me. Look at you. You're like, I, I, you were shaking your head like, seriously, this is a question. Is this a question? Yeah, that was so easy. Well, okay, what's the fifth one? Beyonce won Song of the Year at the 2010 Grammys for which of these songs? A, Crazy in Love, B, Single Ladies, or C, Just Dance? Single Ladies. Crazy in Love. Julie Foudy gets it correct with Single Ladies. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Redemption. Give me the belt. Nice. I didn't think that Single Ladies came out till like 2012. Woo. Okay, I feel better. Thank you for asking about those last two questions. Hey, I had to give you, I had to let you win at something. I know. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. Our next segment is called Most Pressing Questions. Are you ready, Clarissa? Okay. Okay. Uh, there's a movie on your life coming out. Shut up. Let's go. Let's hear about it. Well, Ryan Destiny is playing me. Ice Cube is playing my coach, what? my former coach, Jason Crutchfield. And uh, I will have a cameo in the movie, which is great. You will? Yes. Um, I read the script. I love it. When is it coming out? Um, it, It's supposed to come out beginning of the year, but COVID slowed everything down. So I'm looking like in the next year. In 2021? Yep. That's awesome. So I'm awesome. super excited about that. I love Ice Cube. Congratulations. That's so cool. All right. Where does your nickname T-Rex come from? It comes from my first sparring partner ever, a guy that I boxed against named Darion Lawson. I beat Darion up the first time we ever sparred, by the way. <laughs> um, we, we were talking about, you know, you don't have a boxing nickname, he told me. And we're all like, there were all the guys were guessing names. And one guy was like, how about Reese Cup? How about Thundercat? And then Darion was like, T-Rex. And I was like, why Why a T-Rex? And he's like, because your arms are short. And when you get mad, you do like this. You just start swinging and your arms look like, like, like your arms are too short to reach us. But it'd be like, you'd be like, ah, or whatever. So <laughs> he named me T-Rex. And I thought, and I said it, Clarissa T-Rex Shields. And I'm like, wow, that sounds good. But my former coach, Jason, he wanted to be Clarissa c-rex shields and i was like mm, my name's like clarissa and the c is just there for no reason i think it just confused people so i'm like no t-rex is definitely it and it kind of stuck with me because i'm such an aggressive fighter 
and I'm a go-getter. Yeah. And I just was like, yeah, and I bite girls' heads off. That's what I do. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, T-Rex fit, and, it, and it's been fitting me all these years. <laughs> if I wasn't changing my name, I would change it to, um, I would change it to, quote, just Clarissa, the greatest one of all time, Shields. Yeah. Last most pressing question. Last one. Are you gunning for a third Olympics? Can you even go to a third Olympics as a professional a- or MMA? Is that in your future? What does that look like? MMA has a strong possibility of being in my future. Okay. Um, and no, if I had the chance to go back to the Olympics for a third time, I would definitely go. But the the boxing association, they don't let pros fight in the Olympics in America. Oh, got it. You know, okay. once you once you turn pro in America, you can't go back to the Olympics. Got it. And okay. Up in other countries, you can, just not in America. Got it. Okay. But MMA is possibly in the future. Awesome. Okay. Last thing we do always on the podcast is a segment called high, low cheer. And this is something that we do around the dinner table with my kids. We do their high of the day, their low of the day and something that they cheer for or someone. So for you, I want you to do your high of your career, the low of your career and the cheers for someone you are grateful for who has helped you out along the way. Okay, so the high of my career, and what's the second one? The low. The low. Huh. Well, I'm just gonna say, as far as then the low of my career, I can't really say that I had one. I mean, people will say like, I will say like my only loss in my amateur career. Your one loss, you only had one. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, 77 wins, one loss, 19 knockouts. But I don't look at it as a low for me anymore around that time it was like a temporary low like the loss put something else in me I was already determined I was already a hard worker but losing that fight it just brought out a different side of me like that's why I train so hard now like I train overtime you know I I I train when I'm sore I train when I'm hungry I train when I don't feel like it I train my ass off all the time so yeah, it was a low, but it also is the reason for the high, you know? So, yeah, um, I would say the high of my career was winning the 2016 Olympics. I got to have an out-of-body experience. I had a great time. I knew I was going to win it. And um, I feel like it just kind of, all the anger I had inside of me throughout the years, a lot of the anger left when I won Olympics for the second time. Oh, a lot no. of it just left my heart. Like whatever I was angry about, I was mad about, it just left my heart. And I don't mm. even, um, I don't think about the stuff no more that used to make, make me mad. I really started looking forward and planning my future. So mm. um, I would say that was my high. I guess my low is my first loss and only loss. And <laughs> somebody who I admire. Yeah, or someone you want to cheer for who's helped you along the way, you're grateful for. I'm grateful for so many people. It'd be selfish to just say one person. I'm grateful for my grandmother being able to take me in and teach me all the morals and everything that she taught me, you know, rest her soul. I'm grateful for my mom, you know, who, even though she abused alcohol, she kind of just showed me what not to do. Like, we can tell our kids, don't do drugs and, you know, don't drink or whatever. But when you, when your parent, is somebody that does that you see firsthand like this is why you don't do it so mm-hmm. I'm not thanking her for being an alcoholic but I'm I'm thanking her for just I don't know just kind of 
letting us have a front seat to what not to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just be front row to know, like, if you do this, this happens. When you Mm -hmm. get drunk, you can't control yourself or, you know, stuff like that. So I'm I'm grateful for her and that um, she's great now. She doesn't abuse alcohol. So I'm just grateful that, you know, me and her still have a relationship. I'm 25 years old and my mom's not, she's my baby. You know, I take care of my mom. Um, We go out to eat. She called me all the time. Sometimes she's my motivation to why I do anything. You know, she calls me like, hey, soldier, did you get up and go work out today? And I'm like, not yet. On my way. <laughs> so my mom, you know, her her seeing me win, um, you know, her seeing me win means the world to me. So and then just people who, you know, I cheer for I, I would cheer for my former coach, J- uh, Jason Crutchfield. Me and him don't really have like. We don't have a bad relationship, but we don't have the best, I can say. And we still talk occasionally. And um, I think that he's just a great person and a great guy. He still instilled a lot of morals in me. He, he showed me how to eat with a knife and a fork when I used to fold my pancakes in half of my hand and put syrup on me, even like a sandwich. You know, he told me, ladies, don't do that. And he showed me how to cut my pancake and how to cut my steaks and use my fork. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for just all the things that, all the lessons he instilled in me, you know? Yeah. He told me when somebody disrespects you, you check them right then and there. It doesn't matter who it is. People think my attitude just comes from me growing up in Flint, but it's a lot of it come from me being around my coach from the ages 11 to about 19. <laughs> he was more, he was like my best friend and my dad, and he always kept it 100% real with me. And that's why now I'm just such a real person. Like, I don't do fake, you know? So, yeah. so my coach, you know, he taught me like, Never let somebody disrespect you. Don't let a man or woman disrespect you. You know, always carry yourself accordingly. Keep your hair done. Take care of yourself. You know, he always instilled that in me every day. Yeah. Thank thank goodness for coaches that are also life mentors, right? Yeah, he was a huge life mentor for me. So stuff you taught me when I was younger, I teach kids now. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm teaching a boxing class at the gym that I train at called at fitness and just training the kids and being able to listen to them and being able to give them the right guidance, like to yeah. let them know it's okay to be confident. It's okay to believe in yourself. It's okay to work hard. Well, the thing too, that I, I love and, and I've loved to have seen you over the course of your career beyond, I mean, all we've talked about, about all you've done fighting against people in a ring is all the things that you've done to fight for people. Thank you for not only being an incredible athlete, but more importantly, a wonderful human. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for taking the time from your car and whooping my ass on the game. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually tied up, kind (laughs) of. You're going to give me that? No way. I don't believe it. (laughs) It's okay to share. I've learned that over the years too. Yes, sharing is caring, Clarissa. And I thank you for that, but I cannot take that second round with a clear conscience, Lynn. I can't. Plain and simple, I got quoted in the Lynn game. Yeah, you, as we said, you got KO'd, knocked out. It wasn't even a technical knockout. (laughs) You landed flat on your face. (laughs) I didn't even squeeze. (laughs) But you know that, and that's why you do that. You know I'm going to struggle on those Beyonce questions. I thought you had a chance because you had seen her in concert. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh.
I don't mm-hmm. always stack the deck against you. In fact, I make a point not to, but there was no way Clarissa was losing that game, as it turns out. <laughs> How about in like that second round where she was like, come on, her husband? I didn't even honk in because it's like, really? This is the nuance of the Lynn game. It's not necessarily about is the question easy or hard. It's about who squeaks in the fastest. Yeah, very nuanced. Well done. Thank you. Takeaways. <laughs> I'm going to start. Sure. I was thinking after listening to her, oftentimes in my career, losing was a motivator, right? That is what lit the fire. You lost, you learned, you didn't want to feel that again. And she's only lost once in her entire career. And it happened at the very beginning of her career in 2012. And yet she is still driven to be the quote every single day, which that fire that she has, that drive, it's such a great reminder to me, right? That being great at something is, it takes work. It's not a coincidence. It's not by chance. And you have to put in the work. Um, and that she still has that fire without the hurt (laughs) and feeling of losing is amazing to me because being great is one thing. Being consistently great means you have to grind it out. And she has that drive, boy, we've seen. You've talked about that idea of being consistently great in the past and how hard that actually is. Mm -hmm. So then what is the difference between being great and consistently great? I mean, there are there are a lot of people who can be great in moments and be great at times, but it's the consistently great that's so hard because it takes consistency. It takes a standard. It takes this daily drive with no one watching, with knowing no one caring, perhaps, to get it done. And that, I mean, that speaks volumes to me right Mm -hmm. there with her Mm -hmm. that she does it on a daily basis because it's hard it's easy to go through these peaks and valleys of like yeah i'm good i don't need to do this and take some time off but to be consistently great is a different level Hmm. what's your takeaway my takeaway is how it seems clarissa needed boxing in her life at the same time women's boxing also needed her and it's clear mm-hmm. Clarissa's committed and has been committed to growing the sport. I found that as part of her story really interesting that yeah. she needed the sport and the sport needs her as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't wait. I really, I said that at the end of the podcast. I can't wait to see what's next for her. So, all right. Now to questions permitted. What do we got, Lynn? This question comes from Twitter and at Nijo15. I think it's a question directed more toward me. People know who the real star of this podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) Did they ever let you in on the 99ers text chain? And have you invested in Angel City FC yet? (laughs) Answer to question number one. No, I have not been let in on the 99ers text chain, despite saying that I would actually pay to be on it. Make a donation, Julie, to the charity of your choice. Uh-huh. Uh, good. I can't be bribed. That's very upstanding of you. Question two was, have I invested in Angel City FC yet? The answer to that is also no, although it does seem like that's the thing to do these days. <laughs> One of our, our 700 owners, <laughs> which is so fantastic. <laughs> 
Oh, Angel City FC. Yes, baby. If you don't know what that is, go look at it. It's all the rage. That does it for another episode of Laughter Permitted. We are incredibly grateful to our Dope Village for listening. And you can do us a big solid by subscribing, rating, leaving a comment on our Apple podcast page. Lynn and I are continuing to strive to put some sunshine in your day and feel privileged really that you spend time with us. Whether you're exercising, doing the dishes, listening to this while you work, or about to download yet another meditation app to get through 2020, we love you. We appreciate you. And yes, we are still in this together. We are a dope village. Thank you to our sponsors, Ally Bank and Dick Sporting Goods. Please support them as well. And thanks, as always, to Kate Diaz, a Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy alum, for our theme music. And as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. I'm McGuell in this game now. Wake up to the best sports story you'll hear all day. Monday through Friday, host Pablo Torre brings you an inside look at the most interesting story at ESPN as told by the top reporters and insiders. That's ESPN Daily. Subscribe and listen along with Laughter Permitted wherever you get your podcasts.